when you aren't eating, it's slowly releasing that so that you can stay regulated. Of course, in times when you don't have enough food and you're basically out of liver glycogen or it's not storing very much, then you're going to start having issues and problems. Um, and that's when the blood sugar becomes dysregulated. And when it becomes dysregulated, then the system becomes stressed. And so as you get older, we tend to not regulate as well. A, our liver doesn't hold as much blood sugar so that we have enough in storage. And B, I think we just become more sensitive to stress. And so, <laughs> right. So we have two things things not working for us. So one of the ways that we can pay attention to help ourselves is to make sure that we have enough food or fuel available to us that we know is going to serve us so they can keep our, our blood sugar regulated. And usually mm. that goes along with eating <clears throat> can be co, you know, depending on you as a human being, it can be as much as eating every two to three hours. If some people are better regulated, it can be coming to eating every four to five hours. Welcome to the Win at Life podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can break free from restrictive diets and build a body and life you love. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and your host for this episode. Today, I'm joined by our friend and author of How to Heal Your Metabolism, Kate Deering. You'll often hear both of us talk about balancing blood sugar and how key it is to a healthy metabolism and balanced hormones. So we thought we'd get together and talk more about what it actually means to balance your blood sugar, as well as what happens to your body when you go many hours or days without eating enough. Myths surrounding carbs, fats, and blood sugar, how blood sugar is regulated, protein and blood sugar regulation, eating for and after your workout, snack ideas that we like for regulating blood sugar, how we simplify meal planning in our busy lives, and more tips to help you balance your blood sugar levels. It's a super practical episode with lots of actionable tips. And don't forget about our monthly podcast competition. Once you finish listening to this episode, take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-E-L-D and share what you loved most about the episode. The more times you share, the more chances you have to win. Each month we'll pick a winner and they will receive a tub of Saturay Premium Collagen valued at $79. Hey, Kate, welcome back. Always a pleasure. Piece of the furniture now, aren't you, really? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I'm sitting in the same room as you now. I know. For a quick chat. Yeah, it's always a, we always, we always have to book in like, two hours really because we <laughs> we have a good chat don't we before we, we actually get into the podcast but uh we won't waste any time because we both have to got lots of stuff to do today but we wanted to just keep it really simple and, and talk about um I guess why balancing your blood sugar is one of the key foundations to a healthy metabolism and balanced hormones and I think it's just something that's really simple to do and it's cheap obviously just requires food and it will have such a big impact on your body and your health. And, you know, I've seen some women in our program get some exceptional results by just really focusing on this and doing it well and, you know, eating the carrot salad, the liver and the oysters and, you know, all the other stuff we recommend and lowering stress. But we just wanted to break it down and talk about why it's important and then some, I guess, practical ways that you can implement it in your life and some snack ideas and things like that. So I always want to, you know, give you something that you can actually take away. Absolutely. So let's talk about then, you know, Kate, what does balancing your blood sugar actually mean? (laughs) That's a super complex topic. I think. (laughs) Can you break it down and keep it civil? Well, I think you need to understand that like what your 
blood is there for to do, right? Your blood mm -hmm. is basically the highway to giving you fuel and nutrients. So it's taking, you know, the food that you're ingesting and <clears throat> taking it through your digestive system gut into the blood. And of course, then it's taking energy and nutrients to the cells of your body so that you can operate and produce heat and energy and water and carbon dioxide so that you can function. And so since your blood system is there is like the highway system, you don't ever want it to get overly crowded, right? Because then we're going to have a traffic jam. We'll refer to that as high blood sugar. And then, of course, you don't want to get it, it too low, right? And, or, and that's when we say, hey, maybe the bridges are out or so forth, because then we don't have enough fuel or nutrients in our system. So there's always a, a level of understanding, you know, trying to keep that regulated so that your body has a, a level of safety and knows it's getting properly fueled when it needs it. And so that you can maintain a kind of a state of homeostasis, essentially, when you're out and about. I mean, you know, obviously none of us can always predict what's going to happen to us. So it's important that A, we know that we have backup systems, right? So our liver is our main uh, storage unit for sugar when we're not eating. And when it's full, it can hold up to, I think like four or 500 calories of sugar. So it can hold up to a couple hours. And if probably if you're resting eight, nine hours. And so that's there to help you stay regulated when you don't have enough fuel. And when it's, when you aren't eating, it's slowly releasing that so that you can stay regulated. Of course, in times when you don't have enough food and you're basically out of liver glycogen or it's not storing very much, then you're going to start having issues and problems. Um, and that's when the blood sugar becomes dysregulated. And when it becomes dysregulated, then the system becomes stressed. And so as you get older, we tend to not regulate as well. A, our liver doesn't hold as much blood sugar so that we have enough in storage. And B, I think we just become more sensitive to stress. And so, <laughs> right, so we have two things not working for us. So one of the ways that we can pay attention to help ourselves is to make sure that we have enough food or fuel available to us that we know is going to serve us so they can keep our, our blood sugar regulated. And usually mm. that goes along with eating. <clears throat> it can be, co you know, depending on you as a human being, it can be as much as eating every two to three hours. If some people are um, better regulated, it can be coming to eating every four to five hours. And it usually is a combination, as we say, obviously some sort of sugar, fruit, carbohydrates in your diet is necessary because that's what is going to make up the blood sugar. Um, and then it's just a matter of how do you want to consume that? You know, how are you going to get that food in so that it's best works for you in your scenario? And I, I think, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I just wanted to go back a little bit before we start to talk about that. But, you know, can you talk about what actually happens when you go for long periods of time without eating and you've got no more stored fuel? Because obviously you, you don't just die. You know, your body just doesn't keel over and you, Thank God. You, you, you know, let's talk about these backup systems and, you know, what actually happens and why, you know, going really long periods of time without eating consistently days and months in a row, what happens to your body? Yeah. Well, that's like, I think the million dollar question and a really good question is because mm. that's why our body is so amazing is because when we run out of fuel, we're not like a car. We just put her out and stop and die. Right. And, and so we actually continue. And the way we continue is, yes, we have backup systems. We have a process called gluconeogenesis. It starts breaking down non-carbohydrate sources of fuel to, so that we can utilize them. So we start breaking down tissue, protein, muscle, thymus gland, connective tissue, and we use that and we utilize it and we, and we make glucose from it. So that's a 
a primary response. We also can break down fat and utilize fat directly on some level through our muscle tissue, heart, and so forth. But our primary regulator for sugar and our blood is if we don't have enough sugar stored, we will break down protein and then that gets converted and then that regulates us. And so our system has these secondary resources to keep us alive. Because if we didn't have those, then we, yes, we would just die out just like a car would die out. And, but you know, the caveat is that is when we continue to do that cycle, um, obviously we lose a lot of muscle tissue, we become very catabolic. And I think anybody that's probably gone on some sort of super low calorie diet in their lifetime realizes, yes, you lose weight, but initially a good per per percentage of that is going to be muscle tissue and connective tissue. And like I said, your thymus gland, which is a, a huge part of your immune system. And I think that's why a lot of people, when they go on extreme dietings, get sick because mm. they're just down-regulating every system of their body. Mm. I get some funny comments on my Instagram posts sometimes, like people, I don't even know where this stuff comes from, but like, oh, you know, um, oh, this is just one the other day. Oh, you shouldn't eat, eat um sugar and fat together because you'll just store it as fat. Like, I don't know where people get these funny ideas from. You know, we've, we've been told that you shouldn't eat those things together. What's another one? Um, well, well if, it's, if, if you're constantly eating, sorry, you know, eating every three hours, eating carbs, you're just going to spike your insulin and that's really bad. It just yeah, seems so, crazy. <laughs> well, and, and context needs to be given to those, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, if you consume copious amounts of sugar and fat together and you're over and your body no longer needs these calories, then yeah, you will gain fat right? Any sort of overconsumption is going to lead to fat gain. And of course, fat, if you eat uh, copious amounts of fat or too much fat is the easiest thing that's going to turn the fat and in the presence of sugar, because you're going to get that insulinic response. Yeah, you're more prone to gain fat if your body isn't consuming the fuel. If it's using the fuel, it doesn't matter. You're using the fuel, right? But so yeah, so if you sit around and do nothing and eat a huge tub of ice cream, you're not going to get super lean, right? That's going to be too much calories for your system. And it's going to be an overconsumption. And because it's in the form of sugars and fat, yeah, you'll probably consume a good percentage of that. Not because usually of the sugar, but usually because there's an overconsumption of calories. And if you have a high percentage of fat, that fat is easily going to turn into fat. It's already fat. And mm -hmm. so there's context, like I said, that needs to be given. And even when you're consuming every three hours, I mean, again, it depends on the person and also it depends on the, the, where the carbohydrates are coming from. Um, we know some carbohydrates are certainly gonna, not going to affect your insulin levels like others will. A pure glucose diet, pure bread diet will certainly affect your glucose levels far more than a high fruit diet that has high potassium foods and high fructose foods, because both of those are going to have less effect on your insulin levels. Mm. Yeah. I think it's like people just go to the extremes, don't they? I mean, I used to do the extreme. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you, I think you hear one thing and say, this can do this, right? If you yeah. consume carbohydrates all the time, you're going to spike your insulin, your blood sugar is going to be dysregulated. Mm. And that means you're going to get fat. And I'm like, well, there's no context given there. And mm. it doesn't mean all carbohydrates. And of course, it doesn't mean that if carbohydrates are combined with some protein and fat, because then this, the, the carbohydrates are going to enter your system a lot slower and you're going to use them as they enter your system. But, you know, your body is always regulating. It's always trying to figure out what to do. If you eat a huge 
2000 calorie meal in one sitting and you're not doing anything right. Then yeah, a percentage of that is going to get stored as fat. It's because you just, you probably your glycogen stores are full and the next thing it's going to do is store it. It just, you don't, you you know, but now if you're going to go out and go hike or, you know, or you're doing that while you're going on this massive hike or so forth, then you're going to be using those calories. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't recommend anyone to consume like two, 3000 calories in one sitting. It's just, you know, a little too much, unless you maybe you're like like a camel and you can just hold (laughs) on to it. So let's talk about now then. Okay. So when it comes to eating a balanced meal, you know, what's the role of protein? What's the role of carbs? What's the role of fat? And why is it important to combine them all together? Well, when we talk about blood sugar, the role is fat and protein will slow down the, the utilization of sugar, right? So both of those components can slow down how fast your meal gets into your system. So can fiber. Fiber will slow down the usage of sugar getting into your system. And so when, when, we're, when we're referencing just how does blood sugar get regulated, those things, we, we would add them if we want the meal to enter your system slower. Now, for instance, if somebody needs energy to go work out and they need the, the, the sugars to get into their system or they're trying to get sugars into their muscle tissue, you wouldn't want to give somebody a super high fat or even super meaty like meal because that would make it would be too slow right we want it in now so that would be it make more sense to give them like some sort of shake or smoothie or or something that would get into their system a lot quicker so that we can start utilizing it Mm. um so you know when we talk about that obviously we know that protein is our building block that's used for like hormone function and the creation of enzymes and protein and all of those things i mean that's certainly the main reason we eat protein but when it comes to blood sugar, it's used as a part to actually slow the process down as is fat is. Mm. And I think, you know, maybe uh, you just touched on there about, you know, training and people who are training. Because people often ask me, like, what do I eat before training? And I'm, like, pretty simple. <laughs> I use, cause, Because I train in the afternoon, I usually just have my lunch, which is a serve of, you know, protein, um, potato and some fruit so there's a bit of fat there from not a high amount of fat because it's usually lean you know I usually have like a lamb lamb shank stew which is relatively lean because I scrape all the fat off and use it for cooking um but you know sometimes I would have maybe had some yogurt with some collagen or casein and some lots of honey um and then you know post-workout I'll have some form of within an hour usually some sort of protein some starch. I usually like to have some starch and some fruit and some simple sugars. You know, maybe let's talk about the pre and because I know you did a great post actually on this um, just a few days ago. So it's good timing on the pre and post, you know, because I think people are like, oh, do I need to eat my whey protein shake after training? I used to think that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, so my general guide to like what sh- you should eat prior and before is always like what will work for you. Right. So mm-hmm. to me, a, you need to be fueled before you work out. So like, a, let's get to the point, like don't wake out fast and then go work out. You have no fuel. Your body is just going to stress the crap out of itself and you're going to end up creating more stress in your system. So we, we definitely want to make sure we have some fuel in us. And then we can evaluate, well, how long is this workout going to be? Is it 20 minutes? So then if it's like a short one, you can obviously get away with a pretty small stack snack to at least keep yourself regulated during the workout. So yeah, for me, if I was ever working out in the morning, like I was somebody could literally eat 
good four or 500 calories and go work out. Like I, I could totally digest it. I mean, I could just do that. I know some people cannot. So I would eat some eggs, some fruit, maybe some cottage cheese, any of that. Sometimes I'd have sourdough bread and maybe Mm. half with some marmalade with some eggs. Um, that would work for me, but for some people it's too heavy. So then we go back into the liquid calories. So, Mm. you know, then we would eat something that wouldn't be so challenging for you to break down. And maybe it's a fruit smoothie with milk. Some you can do gelatin in there, um, yogurt, fruit, honey, sugar, whatever kind of works for you. And so that can sustain you through the workout. When I used to own our gym and we would be working stupid hours and I'd get up in the morning and train early. So I'd, I'd actually just, cause I'd be so taunt, like wanting to have it quickly as well. I'd blend up in it. It doesn't sound very nice, but in a, in a blender the night before I'd put milk, a raw egg, loads of honey, a shot of coffee and collagen. And I would just blend it and then just let it sit in the fridge. And sometimes I'd add a really ripe banana and I'd just get up, drink that. And then I'd be in the gym and training in half an hour and it, gave me enough energy like you said and digested quickly so I think a lot of people are like oh god you know like you say they, they get up early and they can't eat a, a quite totally. a big meal yeah and then you know the drink that we always talk about can be beneficial sipping on during training the OJ the coconut water the salt and the collagen and it's really refreshing too I find it just like I easily drink that during my training um yeah. And I think that's a great beverage to have. I mean, that's what mm. I would do when I would, when I, especially when I used to work outside a lot, I mean, mm. I used to do a lot of classes and stuff outside and you're sweating a lot more. Yes. For a mineral hydrating drink, it was, and it would keep me going the whole time. Mm. I would never, and you know, and I would, and I would just keep replenishing. And so at the end you never would, I never personally would get tired because I would just constantly be keep replenishing. Some Mm. people like, you know, you don't necessarily need to have calories while you're working out. Mm. Um, For some people, especially if they're really trying to lose fat, they're like, hey, maybe just drink water during it and then get yourself a post-workout beverage. And that would would be normally, you know, a considerable amount of carbohydrates and protein. I don't necessarily use a lot of fat posts. I don't think you need it because at that Mm. point in time, you're really trying to get the calories into your system quickly. Mm. So that's like, you know, a low fat chocolate milk works really well Mm. um, because, and they've, we've done study after study on chocolate milk and we know how well just for minerals, replacing minerals and getting some protein in and replenishing carbohydrates and glycogen stores, how well that works. Um, It's something over here in the States, it it can be challenging to uh, get a chocolate milk without carrageenan in it or gums. Mm. Just make your own. It's cheap. Make, I make or my you own. make totally, yeah. or you make your own, or you can. We do have one. We can get Strauss here. Um, mm. And the, my thing is, it's a little higher in fat, so I just usually cut it with some uh, lower fat milk. But that's mm. a great post-workout beverage recovery drink. Hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I just wanted to jump in and quickly talk about Saturay's Best Bloom Gelatin. So if you've been following me on Instagram, you'll see that I've been getting right into the making the gummies. So a few weeks ago, Mel and I made these incredible mango and cream gummies and they're an absolute hit. I've had heaps of women message me on Instagram saying how much they love them. So if you haven't tried them and you want the recipe, just head to my Instagram page and go to my reels and you'll find it there. This week, I'm going to attempt a lemon, ginger, honey and bee pollen gummy. So as soon as I nail it, I'll definitely um, share the recipe. And, you know, gelatin and collagen, well, I guess you've got gelatin, you've got hydrolyzed collagen, collagen are just such great ways to get more glycine and more gelatin um, 
in your diet. So I think, you know, we've sort of moved away from some of those more gelatinous um, cuts of meat. I really love beef cheeks. You'll often see me um, cooking beef cheeks every week, but I just find using the gelatin and the collagen is just an easy way to just top it up. And some of the proven health and beauty benefits of regular long-term use of gelatin include joint cartilage regrowth, reduced inflammation, improved body composition, increased bone density, improved gut integrity and digestion, more youthful and hydrated skin, healthier hair and stronger nails. Plus, I just think, you know, gummies are such a fun way to get more gelatin in your diet. And we've been getting such amazing reviews of this product due to its high-grade bloom, which makes for, for superior gelling. It also means that a little goes a long way. Now, when you purchase uh, our Best Bloom Gelatin, you also get a copy of our free recipe book, which just has all of our favourite ways to use the Best Bloom Gelatin. I'm going to pop a discount code in the show notes that you can use um, when purchasing. And if you do make any gummies, please share them. Or if you make any of the recipes, actually, just share them and tag me um, on Instagram stories. I'd love to see them. So let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, it is. It's, and I think sometimes too, like if I've done a real, real heavy leg session, I always don't feel like eating something heavy either. Like right. I'll make the chocolate milk and it's just really refreshing and it'll get me through to the next um to the next meal and I think too like you said it depends on the intensity and length of your session but you don't always need that intra training um nutrition I just I guess it yeah. depends on the person yeah. I mean mm. when I used to cycle 100 mile bike rides I mean you're out there for yeah <laughs> that probably needs bit. an intra workout joke <laughs> yeah well I mean you train for six I mean it'd be six or seven hours and mm. and you have to eat and you're still while you're working out you know, so mostly at that point, it was like almost, pr- pr- you know, primarily carbohydrates because you're just burning through them. I would be like mm. some protein, but no fat, you mm. know, and I've just taken straight sugar mm-hmm. constantly about every 30, 45 minutes, you're consuming a lot of calories. And it was always funny because when we would do these, I would always be consuming almost more than anybody else mm. because I had done so much work on, you know, my metabolism that I had to consume an enormous amount of calories. Mm. while I was working out. So that is part of it too, right? When you're regulating yourself, depending on your size, your muscle mass, right? You always are going to have to kind of fit what your body needs, right? If you're a hundred pound person, you're going to need something different than a 300 pound person. And the same as far as regulating your blood sugar level. So Mm. there's a lot of factors you have to take in consideration when you are thinking about how do you do this for yourself? I mean, of course, you know, taking your temperature and pulse throughout the day does help give you some sort of marker to know if you are doing it properly. You know, if your temp and pulse are slowly, you know, increasing throughout the day and maybe go down a little bit right before you go to bed, kind of look like a bell curve is kind of what you're looking for. If your blood sugar is completely dysregulated all day and you're having these highs and lows and what you will see is your temp and pulse will be dysregulated all day. You'll start having these lows and highs. And so you, that's one clue that your body isn't being sustained properly. Mm. Now let's talk about um, the ratios. So as, as a guide, you know, what, what ratios would you recommend? So the general guide, and of course this is different depending on what diet you're probably coming from or doing right now, Mm. but generally speaking, if you're eating like a typical American's standard diet or yours coming from a diet where you're eating already carbohydrates, protein, fat, 
I usually say about 50% carbohydrates and mm. about 25% protein, 25% fat. Um, that can change like post-workout that might change. Maybe it's more carb protein, less fat, and it might even change in the morning. Sometimes I tend to go a little bit heavier in the carbohydrates in the morning just because Me I'm too. replenishing. Yeah. Mm. So at that point, I might go up to 60% mm. carbohydrates. But again, it all depends on the person, right? If we obviously, if we're a person that hasn't been consuming a lot of carbohydrates, I wouldn't use those ratios yet. I would certainly, you know, unwind and, and back down those carbohydrates a little bit. But I think for most people, if they've had a kind of a normal diet, then yeah, that's a general guide. And of course, if you are more active through your day, you might need to be a lot heavier on the carbohydrates. And also if you're looking to lose weight, depending on how your body responds, you can start going a little bit heavier on the carbohydrates, depending on how your body feels. Mm, I think that you touched on this is like, because we get a lot of women come into our program who've been doing keto and low carb. And I think, you know, like, just go slow, <laughs> you know, because if they sometimes they'll go, oh, I've eaten hardly any carbs and low calories to all of a sudden I'm eating more calories, more carbs, and they stack the weight on or they start to, you know, get these, the blood sugar issues. And I think, yeah, just go slow and increase slowly if you want to. Like, there's, you don't have to, you know, like you can do whatever you want really. Um, yeah, and I think we've talked about, it. I mean, when I started doing this 10 years ago, I didn't pay attention to any of that. I, I, I kind of didn't know. I mean, I think I, I, my ratios were like 200 carbs, 100 protein, and 100 fat. Like I yeah, was yeah. doing a lot of fat in the beginning. Yeah. And I, you know, and I put on weight and my hormones went a little bit crazy because it was like, I went from A to Z. And again, you can do that and you, you're going to have a lot of bumps and it, and it eventually kind of balanced out. But usually where I kind of ended was, was a lot less fat. Mm. and much more carbohydrates because I was very, very active. And mm. so that's what ended up kind of finding my place with, with what worked. But, you know, ultimately everyone is going to be a little bit different. You know, you mm. have to take your lifestyle and your health and your activity and your previous diet all into consideration. But a general guideline would be 50, 25, 25. And then it gets kind of pay attention what your tempo and pulse is doing. If it's all over the place or if you feel dysregulated with those mm. numbers, then kind of check in. You might need, you need a little bit more fat right now until you feel a little bit more regulated with the carbohydrates. I just wanted to touch quickly on something that you mentioned about your activity levels and carbohydrate needs. So, you know, of course, the more active you are, you know, the, the more training that you're doing, the more carbohydrates you'll need. But even if you are not super active or an athlete, your body still requires carbohydrates. Because I get that question a lot of people come to us and go, yeah, but Kitty, we don't train like you. So therefore we don't need to eat carbohydrates. I'm like, you do, you need them. You just don't need as much as I do. Um, yeah. Do you, do you ever get those comments? Like that? I do. <laughs> but I mean, I, 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 people also have to remember is your brain is a huge sugar gu uh, guzzler. And mm. in an inactive state, your brain can use up to 50% of your ingested carbohydrates. So mm. let's just say you are at a desk thinking and talking and all day long, you are consuming a good amount of carbohydrates, whether you realize it or not. And that's why I'm like, hey, think of all like kind of these geeky guys, young in age, and they're <laughs> right, but they're really smart kids and they're eating all their sugar and they don't gain any weight. There's some level is that you or your brain is consuming a high amount of energy. And I think they did a study on like chess players 
and just show that their metabolic rate was quite high just because they were in their brain was just always working when they're playing chess. Mm. And so, you know, yes, if you're just sitting and watching TV all day and doing nothing, yes, it goes down considerably Mm. um, because you you want carbohydrates are best in that active state when you're thinking, doing, you know, so forth. When you're in completely inactive, sleeping, doing nothing, yeah, your body can safely utilize fat as energy, and that would be totally fine. Um, but as you become more active and, and doing more, we want to revert to that sugar oxidative state where we are consuming mostly carbohydrates as our fuel. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about some examples. So you know what some different meals would look like. So you know I'm just gonna well, how about we share what we eat? some of our favorite meals. So I was just saying to Kate before, you know, I, I mean, people who follow me will see me. I just love lamb. I don't know. I've just got this thing about lamb and I love lamb necks or lamb shanks stew. So often I'll just stew them up or oxtails and I'll have, you know, a portion of that with a serve of potatoes, usually cooked in the fat that I've kept. And then I'll have a serve of fruit. So that's got protein, fat and carbs, you know, a snack, another favorite snack of mine because it's quick and easy, which I'll just have after this is some cheese, might be some parmesan cheese, or I like sliced Swiss cheese and I'll have a glass of juice. Yeah. That's easy. What's some examples that you like, Kate, that you eat? So I'm a a person, a creature of habit. Um, (laughs) I literally every morning usually have two fried or two scrambled eggs cooked in Mm. coconut oil with some mushrooms with cottage cheese on top of that Mm. with some cooked apples and pears and either a whole or a half a piece of sourdough Mm. depending on how I feel it either has marmalade on it or a little bit of butter. Yeah. But that's kind of my go-to almost every single day, unless I make like banana pancakes. Yum. Yeah. I always have eggs too. Eggs and I always have cheese in it. Got to have palms and cheese. I feel like cheese just makes eggs incredible cooked in butter. And then I have a couple of serves of fruit. Usually I just love oranges and bananas. And then I have a big milky coffee with collagen and sugar. Yeah. I'm the same as you. I just have the same thing. Cause I'm just like, Oh, it's just easy. And unless we go out for breakfast or something, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't like to think that much, you know, like I just, and I'll do, and I will eat the same thing. Like, like I just, I just like, I make a salad that has watermelon, yeah. uh, mozzarella, Better? like a, no, mozzarella. like a Buffalo mozzarella watermelon. Yum. It has a uh, mango. I put Yum. like some raw cheese in there, like some figs, um, oh. cucumber and tomato. And I put it with salt and balsamic. Oh, that so, sounds amazing. Yeah. And I will, I literally made a huge thing of that every day. And like, I finally, it's, I was noticing my fridge, there was some left and I could see it was like going bad. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I've literally eaten that for a month straight. Yeah. I'm, like the, lunch. I'm, I'm the same. And now I'm, I'm done. The same. Yeah. And I'll then eat I, it and eat it. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Cause when I go to the grocery store, I just go and I'm just like, oh yeah, I get that thing again. Cause I just don't. Yes, and then I'll, and then all of a sudden I'll get on something else. And then that becomes my yeah, thing. My you know, not everybody likes to eat like that. But, you know, to me, I'm always have my food. I don't have to, because I'm too busy, right? I agree, and I'm 100%. so busy to make like, and I'll just, you know, I have my, my staples where at night, yes, or during lunch, I mean, I could have some white rice or, t- or, t- mm. or potatoes, or I do again, cooked fruit or some other fruit or have my fruit salad with some sort of other protein. Mm. But I try to make it, you know, easy, you know, and sometimes my lunch, for, is literally a one or two ounces of liver, three or four oysters. Mm. I mean, with a big thing of fruit and mm. some fries and that, and that becomes it. And so mm. it's, it's like protein, carbs, 
and you usually don't have to add any fat because the the fat's usually going to be in there. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, cooking yeah. with it or it's already in the there like eating eggs. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. having it. If you have a little butter, it's like not like I have to think about, oh, yeah, I need to have a chunk of butter too just because. I think, you know, just to finish off, like Kate said, look, you don't have to eat similar things every day, but we've just found with the women that we work with and myself personally is I don't have kids, but a lot of women have kids. I'm just busy like you doing a million things and I like to start the week and go, okay, cool, I've got – all the shit I need in the fridge. It's really simple and easy to whack together. If I've made a lunch meal, it's in there in the freezer. So I don't have to think. So I just have to go every three to four hours. Okay, cool. It's time to eat, go and grab my meal. And I think where I see women go wrong is that they try to create these complex meal plans and they have try to have a different thing every day. And again, not saying you can't do that, but I think you always have to sacrifice time for variety. You know, like if you've got heaps of time or if you had a chef, that you could say, look, here, you need to just create me these balanced meals every day and I like this, this and this, then no problem. But I really don't think that anyone in our program has a chef on hand, you know, and they all say the same thing. They're like, oh, they make the same mistake. They're like, Kitty, I just made it too complex. Now I've just really simplified it and I do like you do, you know, like Kate does. They're like, it's just so much easier now and I'm just, I don't have to think about it. Um, Yeah, and I I mean, I actually recommend to people I work with, I go, look, in the beginning, literally, you know, we're going to like find things you like and mm, just do the same thing in the beginning because that it's so much easier to see what is working for you Mm. if you're kind of doing the same thing all the time. And then you can just adjust that meal accordingly. Mm. Okay, add Mm. this and that's it and do the same thing, at least initially. Once you gain some of your health back and feel better, then you can add more variety in because then Mm. you don't have to be as specific. Like when you're trying to increase carbs or when you're trying to kind of see how well your body's going to digest certain foods, Mm. it's important to kind of keep it like, don't make it so many variables. If Mm. you know, all of a sudden it's like you're eating, everything's different every single day, all the time. It's hard to kind of calibrate what is really working when, Mm. especially when you're looking at ratios right? Because everything's different constantly. I'm like, hey, you know, and oh, I, I know. always say one of, the, you know, one of my favorite clients and, you know, and of course she's probably a little ADD on some level, but <laughs> she literally ate the same thing every single day. And, and when we adjusted, it was so great. I could just easily adjust it for her. I'm like, okay, add yeah. this. And she went, like I said, and she went from 1200 calories to 2200 calories, didn't gain one ounce because we were so meticulous with the process and how she could do it. And it was just like, and she, I mean, we, she was just amazed. I can't believe I'm eating almost twice as much and I didn't gain yeah. one pound, but my, the muscles on her body were like ripped at that point. <laughs> and so, and it was because we could, it was a very scientific and then she could add more variety and that worked for her. Right. That mm. obviously doesn't work for everyone, but I think it is a way to, to really make some changes easily and see the progress without racking your brain about, all the different mm. changes. I 100% agree with that. And we're the same with women in our program. The ones that are like trying to lose body fat or change body composition, the ones that get the best results eat pretty similar food most of the time. And we've also found that when there's less changing of foods, we can actually get them up to higher calories. Yep. Without, you know, because the other thing too, I think is that there's human error. There's, you know, like you just sometimes people like Craig will say, but you don't really know what you're eating. You don't know because you're not tracking it. You, you know, you're not. And again, it's like, I guess there is no 
right or wrong here. It's about what you're willing to do and the results you're willing to accept. So like if you don't want to track and you don't want to consistently eat the same things and you have to be willing to accept that potentially, you know, you might not get there as quickly Um, because we see the exact same things. Like the best transformations in our program have eaten similar food consistently and really, really consistently. Mm. It's just easier. Like I said, when you have less variables, when you're having less differences, you're having Mm. very similar things. It's, it's a lot easier to see what's working and not working, you Mm. know? So less is more in the beginning. It doesn't mean forever because people are like, Oh, it's so boring. I'm like, no, it's go. You need to reframe how you're thinking about this. This is a learning phase. This is us trying to just see how your body responds to fuel because we slowly need to increase it. And when you have the same things, it's just so much easier. And when you get to a certain place, you can expand and have a lot more different stuff, but just think of it right now as just this learning phase. And it's also going to be easier for your brain to wrap a set around if you just kind of eat the same kind of stuff, as long as it's Mm. working. Mm. And for some people, I go, look, just change how you're thinking about it. Don't think of it this way. Think of it Mm. as it's a way to gauge things a lot easier with a lot less thinking, um, because that's what we're trying to do initially. Just see how well you do. It's so funny though. I think like I can, you know, my digestion's good. Metabolism's good. I can eat whatever really, you know, but I still stick to my base foods that I love, you know, like I eat ice cream every night. Cause I just try and eat other things. I'm like, oh, I just love ice cream, you know, <laughs> and I eat my same breakfast cause I love the milky coffee and I just love lamb. So it's like, not like I'm eating things that I don't enjoy. You know, I think you just end up naturally gravitating towards like these foods that you like, you know, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. it doesn't matter. You don't have to have it. Like, I think as long as you're covering the bases in terms of like liver and oysters and dairy and fruits and, you know, getting, oh, hi. <laughs> um, got, getting the, the nutrients that you need. Like, you don't have to have a ton of variety. Yeah. You know, so you're covering the bases, the, 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 the bases with the food. So I think some people say that. They're like, oh, but I, well, I need more variety, kitties, in like to get the nutrients. I mean, honestly, if you're if the basis of your diet has the liver and oysters and you're having a good amount of fruit and dairy, you are going to get most of your nutrients and then mm. the other stuff. But I mean, yeah, if you're still eating a bunch of processed crap mm. and or going out, you're, you know, then maybe you're not getting. But if you can give yourself the basics mm. and make sure you're consistent with those. Right. And then make sure you're eating enough. I mean, it's hard to get all of your nutrients in like 12 or 1400 calories. It's really mm. challenging. Um, I think I've, I've done it with people. I've gotten everything in 1600, but you, you, there's not a lot of room for just having extra, you know, foods that maybe are not that beneficial. Mm. Um, but you know, it's a lot easier to get all your nutrients if you're eating 1800, 2000, 2200 calories, but obviously not everybody is ready for that amount yet. Mm. So it's that those are that when you're first starting, if you want to get yourself enough nutrients, yeah, you've got to have those high nutrient foods as Mm. the foundation of your diet. Um, And, you know, like if you, I think if you're really stuck for time, you can do things like we said, like shakes, you know, like I'll sometimes make a shake with the casein, um, clean casein and some fruit and some honey um, and some milk you know, you can keep things pretty simple and pretty quick, cheese and juice, you know, boiled eggs and some fruit. Um, There's a lot of great snacks that you can have that really require minimal prep. And I think if you're really time poor, like, you know, a slow cooker is great, like just whack something in the slow cooker for your lunch and then, and you might make some ice cream. I've got an ice cream maker at 
takes me two minutes to blend it in the blender and I pour it in the ice maker, it's done. So really I, I don't spend a lot of time prepping. Everything else is relative. It's already, you know, prep free. You just have to grab it and combine it. So I think, you know, using the excuse that I don't have time to feud food prep, I'm like, that's, it's bullshit really. Like you can, you, I'm just, Look, saying it as it is, because you can keep it really simple. You you could minute like when I don't have time to make a lunch meal, I'll just um again I love lamb. I'll just get some lamb steaks and I cook a lamb steak, I have grab a piece of fruit and I add some potato. That's it. It's like minimal. Dinner is I grab a piece of fish out of the freezer, cook some potato, have a glass of juice in butter and with butter. And it's like that literally took 10 minutes. So, you know, I think you can do it with minimal time. You just have to keep it super simple. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a learning curve for everybody, right? Once, mm. once you know the, like, and understand the basics, it becomes a lot easier. And I think in the beginning, since you're just probably dealing with so many other thoughts, you know, it, it, it is a little bit more challenging. It's like anything, mm. but to me, the, the, the greatness of this is yes, you can make a good meal that will help mm. balance your blood sugar with little effort if you are tired or whatever. I mean, and, mm. and like I said, you can have just fruit cheese, easy, mm. right? All of these things can be very easy. Just get a protein and get some fruit or something, some juice, or have a glass of milk and put some honey in it. Mm. You know, two things makes it easy if you need to, to have something quick. Mm. Well, there you go, guys. Hopefully that was really helpful and, uh, and practical. As always, Kate, so awesome to have you on the podcast. If you haven't read Kate's book, definitely get it. It's awesome. We sell it. You can download it on Audible. It's now nearly going to be available in French as well if you speak French and you want to oui. right. listen to it in French. Oui, oui. <laughs> no, so listen, you'll have to read. So, hope, yeah, it's uh, we're like on our fifth edit at this point. Uh, There's been a lots of editing at this. It's, you know, it's becoming, uh, it's, it is not easy. I mean, and I, the, the translator I have, she's amazing, but, it, you know, it's a lot of work to put a, translate a book in, 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 into a different language and still try to have it sound like the author. Mm. So, That's exciting. It's, it's coming soon. It's coming yeah. soon. Get the book. I'll drop the link below with 10% discount if you want to buy it from our website. But again, you can you can listen to it as well. I just I just love to read books because I like to highlight and go back. Me and, too, um, for sure. But, you know, do what works for you. It doesn't matter. Just get it in, basically. Get the Kate's book in. It's really good. Get, the Kate, exactly. get, get Kate's book in. <laughs> Thanks so much, Kate, and I'll speak to you next time. Always a pleasure.